So Sarah, how are you doing after your five days in the woods, not sleeping? <laughs> I am shockingly good. Oh my gosh. It was, I, I slept maybe, you know, somewhere between two and five hours a night for multiple nights while Alyssa was out chasing her fastest known time on the Vermont long trail. And yet I feel so, I don't know, kind of like inspired and happy to have been happy is a terrible word, but to be part of something blessed hashtag I am hashtag blessed. Um, (laughs) It was amazing. So I I feel pretty good. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was wondering whether or not you guys realized what you were getting into because everybody seemed a little surprised how tough it was crewing out there i think we were all surprised about the sleep deprivation okay and and we'll talk about this a bit more after the intro but i want to i want to tell you a story as we get started okay so the last night so two nights ago Alyssa was really struggling okay so anyone who doesn't know Alyssa went after the fastest known time on the Vermont Long Trail, it's 273 miles in which she kind of ran when she could and hiked. It's very technical over like multiple climbs. It was a, like, it was either up or down, right? There was Yeah, it looked crazy. No- there was like a part where it looked like you were like climbing a ladder that was like rocks basically though. It was kind yeah, of Yeah, the root yeah. ladder, that one. That yeah. was a great one. Okay, so on the last night, of course, you can imagine Alyssa's kind of struggling. Imagine the muscle damage. She hasn't slept and it's like all hands on deck. Right. And so Hillary, Smash Ice Queen Hillary, Leslie Miller, and myself decided to hike in because she had asked for Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. So we put, okay. okay, we put Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken into our packs and decided to hike in. Like we didn't know when we were going to see her. And it ended up being almost 10 miles <laughs> in to find her. And in retrospect, like going into like, if you're going to take something to attract the wildlife into the wilderness, I think Kentucky Fried Chicken would rank really highly <laughs> on what you what you would want to take if you want like an animal to come after you, Maybe which I didn't they even just think like, of. Aren't into all of the processed food, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not, because we survived this ordeal. But we <laughs> so we went in to deliver and in the end she did eat the taco bell so that was quite satisfying okay <laughs> we we hiked in in the what dark did you bring her taco bell nacho fries or <laughs> oh we had a variety okay like, good like we had i think we had like burritos and tacos we had fried chicken we had oh i don't even God. know what you call half the stuff because i don't need that stuff um <laughs> and so anyway in we went And it was as it was getting dark and it was actually like, it was amazing. It was great to be like out in the wilderness in the dark with a couple of friends. This was a great experience, but like 20 miles later. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. (laughs) No, it was, it was actually great. And then after that, okay, I'm telling my story now because we, we all know Alyssa is amazing. She did an amazing thing. But (laughs) so for me, like 18, 19 miles, say in the woods, in the dark, we come back out and then I slept for a couple hours in my car. And we drove to the next checkpoint and we had to like hike in to the finish because where, where the trail ends is like not at a road. So like the trail ends at like another trail. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. It, it's because, okay. So that the Vermont long trail runs from the Canadian border to the border with Massachusetts. So you have 
like, so you have to hike in at the beginning to where the trail starts and you hike in at at the end, you hike out at the end. Okay. So Mm -hmm. effectively, this is my story is that I ended up like hiking a marathon in the dark overnight with two hours sleep in my car. So you're basically as big a deal as Alyssa is what I'm hearing. I felt like this was quite a big deal, but here's the thing. (laughs) It's like when you're crewing for someone who's running, run, hike, walking 273 miles as fast as she possibly can, who sets the record. You can't complain about it. Yeah. Yeah, You're like in this place where you're like, oh, I have to shut up now. Like I have to bring the positive energy. I can't complain about how hard my hike is. So yeah, I've been there. That's happened to me and things. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, We will actually talk more though about crewing for the FKT and like your tips. If people want to plan this kind of thing, what it was like. All of that. All of that. And also climate change and triathlon. We'll talk about that after the break. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code riding at asskickerinc, inc with a K, If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at CraveJerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get Okay, so the whole five days that you guys were out there, I kept looking at all the pictures, all the videos. There was, what was it, 10 of you crewing? And I kept thinking, I do not have 10 friends that would do this. <laughs> like, this is insane. I don't know who I would ask. So tell me a little bit about how one gets talked into this and what it is like being the crew for something like this and how you go about. It looked like there was a Bible. There was a binder that had all of the stuff you needed to know. A binder. Yes. So, okay. To answer your first question, I do think that you will, would have 10 friends. Like I, I know I, I was like, no well, doubt. I would talk Sarah into it and Alyssa right. and Leslie. So. Yeah. You've got, yeah. you've basically got the same crew. Um, <laughs> but okay. Yes, we did. Like Matt Semensky, who is Alyssa's boyfriend has just put together this binder, like for all of the crew members. And it was our Bible. And without it, like without it, I would be lost in the woods in Vermont right now. Like, that was the other thing I was wondering. I have been trail running with Hillary. How did she not get lost? Like, how is this <laughs> possible? It's a funny story. Because on the way back from our, you know, 19 mile hike into the woods to deliver the Taco Bell, um, Hillary and Leslie and I actually at one point realized we were following a stream and not the trail. <laughs> in the, like at, at like 11 p.m. in the right, woods alone. Right, right. <laughs> so that was a, a moment of scary but we just followed the stream back out we found the trail and we were good yeah so the binder basically the main thing with the navigation was to find all the checkpoints right so they had pre-planned like where So how did this work okay so they had like pre-planned points that you were going to meet her at certain times 
Yes. Where she, how long the segment was likely to take her based on her training, what food she wanted at certain points. So they had planned out breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, how much nutrition she needed to be prepared at each checkpoint. So, we, so I wasn't on the crew. I was like technically doing media. So I didn't really, I didn't prepare any of the food. So there were, you know, at any given time, two to four other crew members who were in charge of preparing the food and the drinks and everything for the next segment, but also for the break. And so basically we'd have to get there. We'd all have to make it to the same place and there's no cell reception. So you can't necessarily count on your GPS to get you there. So we had all these maps in this binder, which I was calling the Bible, um, to get us to these locations, which were mostly up gravel roads. Like, in And did the- you guys make all of them? Like, did she, and then you had to assume that she was right about how, when it was going to take her, right? Yeah, that was one of the good things about it is that she was extremely accurate on how oh, long. Like for three days we were within you know, we were like right on track and then we were kind of within an hour for a really long time. Um, and then as she started to suffer and time started to hemorrhage a little bit, they readjusted the plan and basically made a new, made a new spreadsheet that we all <laughs> then got. Like this was literally in the woods with a spreadsheet nice. and, and the checkpoints remained the same. So even though the times in the binder didn't line up anymore, the checkpoints were the same. So you could cross reference very easily. So this binder was like, like, I'm serious. There were a couple of times where I went wrong or my GPS took me wrong and I would probably be driving around gravel roads. So that would be your like suggestion. If you want to do something crazy like this, you need a dedicated crew. You need some crazy friends. You need like a lot of planning and logistics. Definitely. Yeah. The planning, the planning is what created this success, you know, besides like outside of the obvious, like outside of, like Alyssa's, you know, amazing training preparation personally and her like personal ability to persevere mentally. Beyond that, the the planning, the preparation was was key. Okay. What was the best part and the shittiest part about about crewing for it for the whole time? Okay. The I'd say the best part was like the laughing, you know? Like how <laughs> you're like the end when she did it. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> It was like when you're in this, you know, when you're in an intense situation with people, I've been in these situations in training camps. Yeah. You go a little slap happy and it's like the funniest thing you've ever heard, even though afterwards you like can't explain why it was funny. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Okay, That's like, (laughs) and you can repeat the same joke 20 times and it gets funnier. Right. Yes. So the, just like the bonding and the laughing in the community, that was the good part. And I think the thing that, took us all a little bit by surprise was the sleep deprivation. Um, like how much, I mean, it makes sense that like if Alyssa's running through the night or if Alyssa's only getting three or four hours sleep, that somebody has to be a running with her and b making the food. And from my point of view, I can't just only have daytime footage, right? Why for- not? You should have all of the footage from 7am to 10pm. It'll be great. <laughs> I have to be some, a lot of places at a lot of times too. Yeah. To get the footage. So, so yeah, the the sleep deprivation definitely was the hardest part. I do think people underestimate sleep deprivation generally. Like we're just kind of like, oh yeah, well I only slept four hours, but like it really, like it's like the base level health thing, right? When you don't sleep, like everything starts to break down. You have like severe physical reactions. Side point: I think people underestimate sleep deprivation for sure, and I think that's where, like, that's where I can't quite like even now having witnessed it firsthand, I can't quite. My brain can't quite get around exactly what she did because imagine the sleep deprivation 
which I could, okay, I can get my head around sleep deprivation. I know how that feels. But then like along with running all the other 20 hours that you're awake. I was <laughs> like, wondering, I was thinking about like all the training she did and she had like a crazy plan and she's been in Vermont for two months. If she like also practiced doing it on little sleep, like if she practiced not sleeping. So we're going to have to on the Iron Woman podcast when they come back, we like need to get all the details. Okay. Yeah. Everything. I think getting the details firsthand from Melissa will be um, very cool. Um, my mom also had a voicemail this week about the FKT and, and, you know, people rallying around each other. Well, hello, everybody. It was great seeing you, Sarah and Ashley and Kelly at Lake Placid. It was fun to hang out. I hope everyone has recovered from their less than stellar sleeping arrangements and that everyone is back on track. I really, really enjoyed watching Alyssa's um, FTK. Let me get the initials right. And I'm super impressed with just everything about that, the organization, the people supporting it. Alyssa herself, she's amazing. And it sort of reminded me of the, um, the article from the newsletter about the 13 women that were riding the, the, the Tour de France, basically, but the day before the men, and how they would say they would start each day and there would be all these people from the local surrounding area who would come out and ride with them. I was thinking about just how people will come out and support you if you make it happen and make sure people know they rally and they come around. So it was just really cool. If you do it, people will be there. So congrats, Alyssa. Congrats, women in France on bikes. Congrats to everybody. Your mom is so supportive. It's so great. I love your mom. She wants everybody to know that she knows she got the initials wrong, but she doesn't care. So <laughs> FYI. I like that. I like owning. It's like owning your mistakes. I actually had to spectate and crew my own big race this weekend, Sarah. It was very exhausting. Uh, I heard that your husband, Steve, did a 70.3. He did a 70.3 and I was in full Sherpa mode. You were a one woman crew. And I know like this is like this is when you're like my decade of triathlon experience. Like I'm going to put that number on your bike. The best anyone has ever put a number on a bike. (laughs) Wow. He has the best basically. But I was so tired by the end. I fell asleep in the car on the way home. And like passed out on our couch, and like didn't wake up for like 13 hours. So, you know, wow. spectating okay, did, is exhausting. Yeah. Okay. I'll ask you the same question then. What was the best thing and the worst thing <laughs> about spectating for your I husband? I mean, spectating is, I think like this is like generally, right? When we talk like spectating or crewing or like a lot of times we use the word Sherpa-ing, right? Like when you're just like helping out someone else, in some ways it can be like way more exhausting because you don't have the adrenaline, right? You're not like on like race mode. Let's go. You're just kind of like, fuck, I only got four hours of sleep and it's three 30 in the morning, right? <laughs> like this is terrible. True. I don't like you were saying you can't complain because someone else is doing something crazy. I don't know how many races I've been at where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. And then you like look around and you're like, Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. But I was also thinking about this when I was spectating because I was, this was at Santa Rosa 70.3, which is obviously like a big 70.3. So there's like a lot of people out watching. Mm -hmm. 
people need some tips, Sarah. They need some like do's and don'ts from us because I was, you know, I would be like walking along the side of the road or something like, or whatever, cheering for people. And there's like no way I'm ever going to get in the way of an athlete, right? Like I, I understand the race flow here. I understand how fast they go. I've never gotten in anyone's way in my like fucking life. Right. Right. But then like some volunteer would start freaking out at me and I'd be like, why is this person yelling at me? And then you would see like, then you would see all these other spectators doing really like walking in front of bikers with a stroller, right. Or like trying to bike down the bike path that runners were running both directions on, right. Like just stupid shit. And like, apparently they didn't know that you like, can't do like, don't do that. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. So your first tip would be don't go on the course. <laughs> don't go on the course or like hustle. That was the other thing. People don't hustle. Right. You know, when you're like cross, like going across a crosswalk, Right. Um, like at Ironman, or they like mark certain ones and you have to wait for racers to go by. People aren't like hustling. They're like strolling across. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like move. I, I can remember being at a, it wasn't a 70.3. It was like a local half Ironman um, and coming down a path that was along the beach. And right in front of me, some like, you know, overweight guy in his in like in his like barely any clothing so in his swimsuit right. whatever wanders out onto the path with the biggest blow up freaking boat <laughs> and i like i had to shout i did i did that thing where i shouted at him to get out of the oh way. yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah people don't seem to respect the you know the flow of the race. Right. Um, you also need to bring like, obviously like you need to, what is it? Put your own oxygen mask on first people. I feel like when they spectate, they like, you don't remember that you need to eat and bring food, like drinks and sunscreen and clothes. Right. Like you need to have like your whole own, like I have, like I have my, I had a whole little backpack. Right. And I was like biking around to different spots. Like you gotta, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to sit here and like watch and then you're going to be starving and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Be that's sunburned. Yeah. That's actually a good take home point from, from the crewing slash media experience from Alyssa's FKT <laughs> is that, is that at, there were certain times when some crew members had to tell other crew members, like, no, you have to go back to the hotel and sleep. And sleep. Yeah. Like, so for example, in the last segment of the night and we're all waiting for Alyssa, like there was one night where we were waiting. It was a freaking thunder lightning storm massive yeah, downpour. Bad, yeah. yeah and we're all waiting for Alyssa to come out of the trail and of course everyone's a little bit concerned like everyone wants to see her come out of there in one piece right right but there's no point in the whole crew sitting there until the wee hours waiting for her to come out of the trail like somebody has to go home and sleep so that tomorrow morning at 5 a.m when you're on breakfast detail there's someone there um who has the energy to be there so there was a lot of that like where people had yeah. to tell each other like no you're not being selfish right now you need to go home and sleep or you need to eat for sure it's a it's like an interesting balance if you were like i feel like being a professional sherpa you know take some practice you you got to be organized too you got to know like the rules and where things are and like you can't be you know taking up time like trying to figure it all out so yeah, that's true. That's true. I like kudos to people who are really good at it. I mean, I know there are some people. My husband, Clint, actually is like a great Iron Man spectator, like okay. the best. Um, I Someone actually told me, and I bet she's listening right now, after the race that I am the best cheer, like I cheer the best. So I was like, well, there you go. FYI. Part of it too, here's another tip, is about <laughs> knowing what to say. Right. True. You know, like knowing how to read the situation and what is actually going to motivate someone as they're 
you know, in their suffering and being able, being able to read that too. It's a, it's an, it's a good skill. I did misread. I was telling uh, my husband like where he was at. Cause obviously, well, we can talk about this in a second, but the swim was canceled. And so as a time trial starts, you didn't know where anybody, like how anyone was placing, like it was, it was a shit show. And so I was reading the tracker and telling him like, like what place he was in and how far behind he was. And afterwards he was like, Oh, I thought you were just making that up. I was like, what? Like, why would I be making that up? <laughs> that's amazing. But that's, so, I feel like that is his own misinformation. Like yeah, if he doesn't like, know what that's exists. on me. Yeah. So like, that can't be blamed on your poor Sherpa skills. No, no, I'm an amazing Sherpa. I'm sure that you are. But the, uh, yeah, the swim got canceled at Santa Rosa, which is crazy because like that's never happened. I mean, I say that's never happened, but it didn't used to be in this location, right? Iron Man bought it, moved it. So, you know. Right. And likewise in Whistler this weekend, it was 34 degrees Celsius. Okay. Okay. Tell us how hot that is. That's like what? A hundred. I'm pretty sure it's in the nineties. Okay. Um, which in Whistler is very hot and which is un, unheard of really for Whistler. It's very rare. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and like Ironman Hamburg had the swim canceled because the really hot heat wave in Europe, like grew the bacteria or something to like an unsafe level in that lake. I guess it's a lake or river. And so they had to cancel the swim there. And right. I feel like there's, uh, there was something, oh, a death Valley. Badwater was last week and death Valley just had its hottest month ever. Like the hottest month on average ever on the planet like ever like you know what wow. I mean like there's never been anywhere that has been hotter on average for a month and so bad water was terrible like a week ago like all these people like were you know dnf were sick were I, I feel like mm-hmm. this is not you know one-offs these are not like oh man that's that's so what crazy like what is happening more and more and I said this in the newsletter is that it is a pattern right we are seeing consistently like extreme weather events causing races to be canceled or parts of races to be canceled or like, you know, it'll be really hot and everyone will end up in the Met, like, cause they weren't prepared for that or like really cold, right? Like, or there'll be a fucking hurricane, right? Like it's just, this is, it no longer is an anomaly when it is a pattern is, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, well you know, climate change is real. Well, right? I'm just saying, even if you think it's not race directors think it is because they're like, shit, what do we do? Right. And what do they do? Like, what should you think that races or race directors should be taking more safety precautions? No, I don't know. I mean, I listened at a race director panel, like maybe it was two years ago, and they were talking about how this is, it was actually supposed to be a panel about something else. And they were like, no, like climate, they didn't call it climate change because they want to like, you know, controversial, but they said like climate related race changes are going like are like the big problem race directors haven't figured out like they don't know what to do because they can't plan for what they don't know you know what I mean like how are they supposed to plan for that some are taking out like weather related insurance policies kind of for like you know if they have to cancel an event but like that's not really an option across the board so it's like I don't maybe you just need to have like more contingencies like you know what I mean like like more options to move the race or change it. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe just better communication with the people who are racing so that they know, like they realize that this is a real possibility. Cause I think that's the thing. It it hits really hard when you've trained all year for an event and suddenly 
This one gets canceled. You know, you kind of feel ripped off. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was so a guy, because like- um, I was chirping and hanging out at Santa Rosa this weekend, and they did a really good job. In all fairness, they sent an email out to everybody the day before saying, like, this is the reality. Like, these are the options. We will make a decision at this time. We will make a decision. Like, they had a timeline. So they did a really good job. But there was still a guy just, like, screaming at an official about how Iron Man was stealing his money. Uh, yeah. Oh. That, like, you are effectively stealing my money. Like, this has been happening wow. consistently. Like, you could have planned better. Like, you're just taking our money. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's a bit extreme. I, I think maybe even just having the information out there ahead of time yeah. that it could change. Like, even like you say that they sent an email the day before. Yeah. But I feel like people should know, especially now. And as, as the like months and years go on, people are going to realize more and more that this kind of shit can happen. For sure. I think you also like, the locals know, right? Like the locals know when these things are happening or like, like, unless it's like literally the first time this has ever happened, like the locals in Europe know that they're in the middle of a heat wave and that, right. This isn't, this wasn't news the day before Ironman Hamburg. This is news like a week or two weeks. So maybe you start to make a contingency plan earlier instead of just like hoping, hoping climate change will pass, you know, before your race happens. It's true. And there is, I mean, okay, I, I'll, on the flip side, I think Iron Man is culpable a little bit. Like if I think, no, of, I do example, too. I actually like the guy was crazy, but like he has a point, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about Whistler as a venue, for example. And there was maybe, I'd want to say four years ago, it was very, very cold. And there was like even snow kind of in the rain. Oh, the yeah. Yeah. I remember climbs. that year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you live in Whistler, you know that, like, yeah, it can kind of snow in the summer sometimes. sometimes. Because- they had it at Tahoe, right? When they had the uh, Tahoe Ironman. And the right. first year it snowed and it was cold. And everybody was like, yeah, like, that happens sometimes. And the next year there were fires. And you're like, yeah, that happens sometimes. You guys picked a bad time of year. Like, anyone could have right. told you that. So I don't know. It's a... Uh, anyway, people are going to have to figure out what to do about this. Yeah, in, some, in some, climate change is real. Yeah. And don't overreact if your swim is canceled. <laughs> Okay, so after the break, after the credits, actually, Kelly and I are going to talk about our swim run and give an update on how our training's going. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at Ass Kicker Inc., Ink with a K dot com and crave jerky crave with a K dot com. If you don't already follow us on all the social medias at if we were riding on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. Time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the titty to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so Kelly, last time we talked, you hadn't done any specific swim run training. Um, have you done <laughs> anything more to prepare for our race coming well, up in eight days? I got back in the pool, so I feel like you really should appreciate that because I was gonna just fully coast and not do anything i really ended up needing turns out after two half ironmans and an ironman in like three weeks i needed some time off 
But I got myself back in the pool this week, Sarah, just for you. And I watched a video on Swim Run and I'm a little alarmed and confused. They're wearing like a lot of carabiners and like ropes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to be tethered together. You have to be within 10 meters. I'm aware of that. But like, do we need a special rope? What else? Like, what is this carabiner situation? Are there like, do I need a pouch to put my like gels in? I'm a little... I don't think there's a carabiner situation. I think it's just like the easiest way to attach and detach a tether Hmm. quickly. Um, And yes, like that's one thing, like thinking through all the details because you're self, we're self-supported, right? So you have to find places, but the new wetsuits we have have from Colting, they have pockets like all on the inside. Like take a look, there's like a bunch of different pockets. So I'm going to put all my like gummies. I'll probably eat mostly gummies. Okay, noted. In there. Yeah. I think there are aid stations, but they're, um, oh, I, did, I was reading the website too. And it said some entrepreneurial island children set up lemonade stands. So bring cash in your wetsuit. So I'll add that to my <laughs> list of things I'm carrying. Excellent. I'll do that too. I am going to, so we don't have many lakes that you're allowed to swim in here because we get our water from them. It's drinking water. So you're not allowed to like swim in your drinking water here at least maybe you are in Makes Canada sense. uh so there's I think this is a good yeah. rule so there's one lake that you're like allowed to swim in so I am gonna go this weekend and like run and swim and run and swim in all my gear except it also happens to be like right on the coast trail the coastal trail like the big one that people like through hike the whole you know all up and down California mm-hmm. and it's like very crowded on the weekend so I'm totally gonna be like all these people with their like massive backpacks setting their own FKTs and me like running around in my wetsuit it'll be great I can tell you from experience that you get funny looks what? when you're wearing you're wearing paddles and a wetsuit and you're running around a well-trodden Yeah, trail. so it'll be great. Steve, my husband, said he'll go with me, but he's not sure he wants to do the whole thing. So. Well, I've also done some training this week for the swim run. While you were sleeping in cars. Yeah, you may have heard. <laughs> you may have heard the news. I did a marathon up and down in Vermont in the dark. So. I'm basically You're basically ready. ready. Okay. I still haven't decided what shoes to wear either. There's a lot of things I haven't figured out, Sarah. It's fine. I did try everything on the, all the colting like swim caps and wetsuit and everything. So I feel ready to go. And I think when we get in, like we're getting in on Friday, Saturday, we're going to have to practice tethering ourselves together and like running around. 100%. Okay. I think that's. Like the tethered together is going to be the make or break like of our event and maybe even our friendship. <laughs> but I actually was watching the video, Sarah, and I was alarmed by the carabiner. But I also noticed that they untethered themselves like when they were running a lot and they yeah. had to be tethered when they were swimming. So maybe you're I, allowed to like untether yourself. I think you are like as long as you stay within 10 meters, I think you're allowed to. You could untether yourself for the swim, Hmm. but apparently there's like quite rough water. And there's if there's lots of other swimmers around you, too. Apparently it's common to lose each other. Um, Problem. Have you ever gotten taken out by a guide tether for a physically challenged athlete in a triathlon? I have not. Yeah, that's happened to me. And they just like swim over you and you get caught in the tether. Yeah, So I'm I'm imagining that happening. at this race okay so we will practice with our tether and uh we will bring everyone the update on how that goes all right 